um, three grand on Boeing today and I did Facebook, a thousand on Facebook. So I find those more controlled, meaning when I'm shorting them, I'm looking for a dollar or more, but my stop loss is going to be minimum to 35 cent risk, thousand shares, Uh 350 bucks, but it goes down a dollar. I'm going to make a thousand bucks just like that. So I was able to scale that thought process and trade them into large caps. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast, a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Welcome back, everybody, to the Steady Trade Podcast. Today, Kim and Curtin, that's me, and Stephen Johnson, that's him, are going to be welcoming Latoya Smith to our uh, podcast. We're very excited to have her here. I learned about Latoya very recently in Jane Galena's book, FMJ, and then I reached out to you, what, a couple of weeks ago, and asked you if you'd come on the show. Uh, You know, as you guys know, I'm a, I'm a baby trader. I'm still learning. But there was something about Jane Kalina's book that really touched me because all the stories were women. And I was I just felt this like kind of uh, energy in my step after reading that book. Like, wow, maybe I can do this. I don't know. I just think I had my own self-limiting beliefs, you know. And, and to just see many women. And part of what really impressed me about LaToya is that she has done this with children and did this with a newborn. And I'm just like, I can't imagine doing it without any children. And yet she did it with children. So, uh I'm just excited to have you here, Latoya, and thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your background. I know that I read your story in Jane's book, and Tim Sykes even shows up way back in 2000. Was it 2006? Yeah, late 06 until 2007. Correct. Okay. So go ahead. Tell us. Tell us a little bit about how y'all got started and all of that. Okay. Well. I'm come, I came from a finance background. I took um, finance in college, and after college, uh, it's more like I was trying to find a career that basically focused on a degree that I got. It was only right. It only made sense. So in that process, I found a few jobs. One in particular was working with a custodial bank, which is State Street. And during that time, I'm like, in my search, I'm like, there has to be something more to to just actually working. Um, I'm a backpedal just a little bit. After my friends came back from college, we all decided to form an investment club. And through that investment club is how I really got to understand exactly how the stock market moved. Not like completely, but -hmm. just getting our feet wet because it was new for everyone within that group. Um, So since I was a treasurer, I used to watch our stock portfolio. We all voted on stocks to trade once a month because we met once a month. And whatever we decided to buy, I would go into the account, our brokerage account at that time with Scott Trade and place to trade. And I just noticed one thing that was like revealing to me. 
the stocks fluctuated up and down and throughout time, maybe three to four months. I'm like, if we sold this probably a few months ago, we would have been up. But, you know, everyone had that long-term perspective because that's what we're mainly taught. Hey, you have to sit on this, hold it for a year plus or more, et cetera. So I, was, I went back to the group and I said, hey, you know, we can make money so much faster if we just decided to sell once we're up and just repeat the process. They didn't understand that because nobody was watching the account like I was. So I saw the fluctuations. I saw the movement. So what I decided to do is open my own brokerage account. Um, (laughs) This is, I generally don't really recommend it now that I know as much as I know. But before, I threw in $5,000 in the account. And it was just like, okay, now let me get my feet wet in terms of I can do this too. So I started Googling lovely Google, how to start a hedge fund, how to, you know, do certain things. And that blog, his site came up, Tim's site came up. And I just started following, communicating for a little bit, because at that point, he was just getting started in terms of replicating what he did in college. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's see how true this really is, you know? So that's how I got a feel for learning about small caps, the penny cap, penny stocks, how they move, how they fluctuate, pumps and dumps, et cetera. Um, that's, that's really how I end up getting started within short-term trading is what I called it. Uh-huh. And yeah, throughout, throughout the years, like going into, let's say 2008, that's when the market um, started really around two, late 2007 into 08, when the market started falling, I was going through a transition within myself in terms of switching jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I found another job, paid much more money, and um, within the investment banking field. So it was just like, yeah, I should, you know, I should take the job. And at that point, my, my trading, my trading account, I was doing very well. I was doing very well with it. I ran into some other people, all online, all all online, some other people where um, I was participating in this one trading room. It's old school. It was called the green room or the green screen or something like that. And we was all trading together. They liked the way I did the trades, and they asked me to come on board because they were starting a new platform. This is 2008, mind wow. you, during the summer. It was called Investors Live. That was oh, the platform. But here goes the thing. I didn't, I didn't take up the offer because I was ready, like, you know, I got this new job and I already knew the limitations. I can't be in the trading room. I can't have access to my own brokerage account because of compliance. So that kind of put trading a little bit on the back burner for me. Mm-hmm. even though I was really still interested. So what really snapped me kind of into like this reality was like 2000 and now, now I'm watching the same people I was trading with progress even further. And I'm like, hold on, this, this is actually <laughs> like, you can really make good money trading and doing this. So that's when I came to make the, the ultimate decision that I needed to get to the point where I wanted to be able to trade comfortably without having to worry about anything financially. So I went into a whole saving mode when it, ter- when it came to like stashing my money so I can get that 25 K 
to ultimately day trade. That's, wow. that's really was my journey. I had a little, you know, bumps um, along the way. I ended up buying real estate um, once I got that job in 2008. And it wasn't a bad decision because it was dirt cheap for what yeah. the property is worth today. Yeah. Um, so throughout that process, I've learned a lot. I learned a lot in the real estate market. And I learned a lot in, in the um, stock market. So when I finally decided to pull the trigger or the cord or the plug, meaning get rid of my nine to five that was paying me very well, that was 2012. Wow. I decided to quit my job. What does it feel like now to look back that you had the courage back in 2012? Um, it was a little nerve wracking to be quite honest with you, it was a little nerve wracking because I know I'm, I was giving up something that was sure. Yeah. We call it like sure money. It was a paycheck. But at the same time, it wasn't really about the money for me. It was about that happy place. I wanted my time back. And I know I wanted kids then in the future. So it was more like, do I want to go through the process of I'm working? They have to go to the babysitter. By the time I pick them up, it's extra late. And we repeating the same process again, and I did not want to live that life. So that also helped me make the choice that, you know what, let me just, it's now or never. Let me just do it. So can, can I just say, are you with Nate and Cam now? Are you with the guys now? No, or do, you, do you know no, the guys? No. Do you know the guys um, still? Or? They, came, they came to Boston last year and briefly had a um, conversation with Nate, so yeah, he rem- he remembers. It was is a way back. This is when this guy named Muddy was around, but unfortunately, he's no longer around. But this is this is a throwback. throwback. Yeah, no, but I, I, I see that Nate. I see that Nate like kills the socks day in day out, week in week out. But but you're saying that you moved to futures. So you, you went you went uh, so, to something else. Or? No. So what ended up happening? That's like more of like small caps, penny stocks that I was trading around that time. But once I decided to do it full-time in 2012, I started searching for something that was more, I call it control. I made good money trading the small caps, but my issue then was more so that control of a control loss. Because, you know, you can make thousands of dollars trading small caps, but in the blink of an eye, you can lose thousands of dollars too. Uh, that, with a press release, with a press release. If yeah, press exactly. Re- I, I exactly. Mean, it just happened the other day. It happened the other day, yeah. Yeah, and and that did not sit right with me, meaning like, no, they got to be something a little bit more controlled than that. So I end up communicating. I have a cousin who lives in Florida, and he was with a prop firm for a while, and I reached out to him. I'm like, hey, listen, this is what I'm currently doing. So we used to get on the calls, and I used to go through my process, and he's like, why are you even trading that market? He said, check this out. This is what I do. And this is my criteria, meaning he would trade mid to large cap stocks. So that's what I do to this day. I trade mid to large cap stocks, the same principle of momentum, meaning like a penny stock, for example, if it gaps, I think the trade today was GNUS that moved like crazy. Right? That that, that was no joke. (laughs) That was no joke. I think a lot of people have lost a lot of money on that. Yeah. So, for example, that move that had momentum in pre-market, But my criteria now is I'm looking for stocks that are $20 and up rather than $20 and under. So I still trade based on the same momentum, but my my stock prices are much higher, meaning I have more of a control risk. But your percentage gains are much lower as well, for sure. 
But, you but, are, but I mean, you, you, still make, you still make good yeah, money, though. You it's, still, it's I, 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 I create that as well. Yeah, no, I like, create and I, I know, I know, I know some of those like um, Netflix. Netflix moves. Right, Netflix right. moves. Like, don't worry. Exactly. I know. I know. For I know, example, I know, yeah. Boeing moved nine percent today. Yeah, I, yeah, I did yeah. a nice. I did a nice trade on Boeing. Um, three grand on Boeing today, and I did Facebook nice. a thousand on Facebook. So I find those more controlled. Meaning, when I'm shorting them, I'm looking for a dollar or more. But my stop loss is going to be minimum to thirty-five cent risk. Thousand shares, yeah. three hundred and fifty bucks. But it goes down a dollar. I'm going to make a thousand bucks just like that. So I was no, able I, to scale that thought process and trade them into large caps. No, I, I get that, and, and I think it's solid. And and I know I know some different traders that trade the high the mid cap stocks, large cap stocks, and and some some strategies like do you know airplane airplane Jane at all? I know. Yes, she's oh, featured yes, in yes. her book. Yeah, she interviewed her. Yeah, so so Airplane Jane looks for the 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 hidden what the larger companies are doing, and then and then she kind of follows the tracks and the movements of the larger yeah. companies. But uh, the the strategy that I was taught with the middle large caps was, uh, I mean, obviously if you get three green days in a row, look for the double top. If it stocks severely down in a, in, in the market, the overall SPY is bouncing. Look for a double bottom. And, and I got taught to play the double bottoms or the triple tops and, and stuff like that. But for you, what's your strategy? I'm, I'm I, very I'm, curious. I'm a gap trader. A gap trader. So I trade gaps, meaning How do you tra- any, How do you stock, any stock that have earnings, for example, like uh, today I didn't really see much that I like. Zoom webinar was yesterday. So Zoom webinar had earnings yeah. after market. So they didn't yeah. really have a gap today. But yesterday they gapped it up. So that was a trade yesterday where we shorted. It ended up being a fade. So that's how I trade. I trade based off of upcoming earnings or after the earnings report hit because the stock is either going to gap up or gap down. And I'm going to trade that stock generally in the direction of the gap. That's that's, that's my uh, strategy in a nutshell. But, but, But I mean, if the stock gaps up, and it's hitting into resistance. So what, you, if the earnings are good, you'll still short it into resistance. And you'll say, oh, look, I've got no, four risk reward no. for, for example, Zoom didn't have a resistance yesterday. It was all-time highs. So okay, how so you what, can't you, necessarily... How did you play it? Hmm? How did you play it? Oh, we shorted it. But it wasn't based off of resistance. It's more based on the opening range. So one thing, you always got to learn your candlesticks. Either a candle was bullish or bearish. And, and it boils yeah. down to that simplicity. So we had a few bearish candles in a row. Time to short that. We know the selling pressure okay. was coming in. Fascinating. Okay. So that's that's gaps on stock. So I'll do that from the opening range till about 11, maybe 12. And then earlier, I usually get up around 637. I'll trade the futures market. So I trade both. I trade both markets. And I also do Forex. But Forex is more swing trading for me because to me, that market moves a little bit slower then I'm used to trading the equities open or the futures that, that moves as well. Am I correct? You try to be finished based. This was, you know, the book that Jane did interviewing mm-hmm. you was a while ago, but you talked about trying to be done by noon so you can be with your kids and feed them lunch. It's, it's the same way. <laughs> it's wow. the same way. That's so amazing. yeah, I, I usually finish by 1130 AM noon, the latest. And that's it. I usually don't, look back at the computer after that that's that's it for me and it's been a little bit different since um you know 
most of the kids are not in school because of COVID, yeah. right? Right, right. So they, I would imagine been, harder, harder yeah, because now you've got to entertain home. them and teach and not them. Not only entertain them, I have to teach them. That's have, right, you have to teach them, I have to right? play teacher. And yeah. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so hard. my schedule's all crazy right now. Oh, God. And yeah. do, you, do you feel like you had what, – what inspired you at the time – I, I, I really noticed in your interview in Galena's book that you didn't even think of the concept. She asked you about, you know, being a woman trader and what that, what that brings to the equation. And you were like, it, I got the sense you hadn't even really looked at it through that lens. In I, the- I do not. I do yeah. not. Yeah. To me, like at, at that time, um, I didn't look at it as, you know, a male dominated field versus women, et cetera. I had a point of view of I was trying to get to a goal within myself and to benefit my life at that time, not necessarily how I'm going to impact other women. Like I didn't see it through those lens It's no. more apparent now because mm-hmm. we're, we're noticing there's, there's, it's more of a dominated male field. So the more people point it out to me, the more I understand like, yeah, I get it. I see it. I understand it. But going into it, I, I didn't look at it that, that way at all. You didn't, I think more, I'm curious, like, did you bump into any kind of, who do I think I am that I can do this? No, I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have that feeling at all. That's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't have that feeling. That's great. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, I think that is a fantastic, so, so what would you say to, let's say any, any women that are watching now or anybody, right? Any beginner or baby who hasn't really dived in yet, what would you say they need to have to do this and to do it well? I would say you need always the confidence is the confidence. I think, so a lot of your questions you just asked me, maybe cause I, I went into this already confident, even though. I wasn't really sure a hundred percent that I'm going to succeed, but I had the confidence to be leaving myself that, you know what, I can give it a try. The worst I can do is fail, right? That's the worst. I fail. I really don't really say what's my plan B. Do I have to look for a job again? But it's just more so have the confidence, but also when you go into trading specifically, not necessarily investing because investing is long-term, but when you go into trading, have a, a plan is is a plan and I think a lot of newcomers go into this without a strategic plan and what I mean by plan is what is your stock how are you finding your stocks to trade once you enter your trade what is your risk whenever I enter the trade I always think of how much can I lose never about what I can make is always what am I going to lose first when I enter this trade what's my risk and I think once you define that, you kind of get rid of that fear because it's, it's already known. Like, I already know that if this trade goes south, I'm going to lose 350 bucks, you know, or yeah. so approach the markets with the plan. I, I would jump in and I would jump in and I would agree with that. But I, I would also <clears throat> give the prerequisite that it takes a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of experience to make a really good comprehensive plan. And, and sometimes the market and its variables move so fast that you need to make plans on the go and plans change and plans are on the fly. And mm. Would you agree or would you say, oh, I have this plan and I'll stick with it and this is no, I, I, No, I, mm. I, I would disagree with that only because of my experience. And at one point in time, I understand where you're coming from because it all depends on 
your environment, your surroundings. So let's say you're in a, a trading room and you already came in with stocks to trade, but you see other people posting these different trades. So you go in on a trade, they suggested you never had a plan for that trade. I used to be one of those where somebody would throw a, a stock at me or ticker and I didn't do research, meaning I have no idea where it can go on a chart. And I'll get in that trade and it goes south. It's like, tag, I know better. I should never, you know, follow somebody that I have no, no. idea where that stock would go. No, I agree like with that. that. No, I think you need knowledge and then knowledge forms a plan. But And then you have to have a plan based on every variable, whether it's the news, the filings, uh, the long-term chart, the, the, the general market and, and how it's trending, the SPY and the NASDAQ, whichever one you're watching. But all I'm saying is plans can change and your stop loss may change based on how the market's reacting, no? Uh, or will you be like, that's that's the plan and that's it? No, that's 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 my plan. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. when, when you're looking at an intraday chart, and, and that's why I can only really speak based off of the mid to large cap, because the small caps are different. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They behave different. Mid to large caps are quite boring and quite predictable. So that's why the the plans don't vary. It's like it's either going to break out or break down. Like you will see the the formation on the chart, and the stop loss is always based on where it cannot go again and, and go from there. That would not adjust because everything for me when I trade is all about technicals, technicals mm-hmm. on that chart. And Where's what does the that last mean? Support? Where's well, the last resistance in terms of technicals? Okay. But technicals, what I, I kind of get what that means, but because I'm still so new, but just what, pull that apart a little bit, what the technicals mean for you. Yeah. Um, technicals for me is predicting past price behavior based off of, excuse me, predicting the future based off of past price behavior. Okay. Every stock generally would establish some level of support, some level of resistance. So when you're trading, it could be swing trading, day trading, is always about the prior levels where price was once at. So if I'm day trading and I'm looking specifically, I'll give you Boeing, for example. I'm looking at Boeing, and I see it held a prior support, and it is telling me that, hey, I'm holding here. I'm not breaking down. My mind is thinking I'm going to buy that stock because it's going to go up because it already held the support. Now, all I have to do is find is my target, which is usually a prior resistance based on that chart. And, and that prior resistance, is that within a particular time frame? It's, it's always a day. I'm looking at a bigger picture. Okay. And that's what most traders don't do. They look at these five, one minute, whatever, 15, whatever charts, but not really looking at the bigger picture. I always look at the bigger picture because mm-hmm. the candles are based off of the bigger picture. It's just a moment in time that we're looking at 15, five minutes. And that's why, you know, so many people probably get chopped up and call it noise. But there's formations that happen in to coincide with the larger picture of that actual chart. I, I'll just remember, I'd say there's two golden rules. And um, and I, I actually went out to meet Tim Sykes in Italy. He flew us out to hang out with him. And I met a guy called Roland Wolf. And Roland Wolf said, I don't know if you've heard his name, but he's a fantastic penny stock trader. Um, but, the, but the two golden lessons I learned from Roland Wolf and Tim Grittani, who's another piece. You would have heard of Tim Grittani, I think. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, but the lessons that I learned from them is, A, never look at your profit and loss. Form your basis on, on the, the stock chart and look at your pattern. Look at, trade the pattern, don't trade profit and loss. 
Uh, and the second thing that I learned from Roland Mold particularly was um, look at maybe a 30-day, 15-minute time frame. Because if you look at like 20 days, 30 days on a 15-minute time frame, you're really going to see what's going on. You're really going to see the support and resistance. I, I don't know if you – maybe you'll see the daily is more prominent. I know the daily levels are really key. But you, you can also have some findings on a 15-day, on a 15-minute, 20-day, 15-minute level. Um, and, and for me, I map the, the support and the resistance out based on that. And it's amazing how many times you'll, you'll see traders react to those levels. Yes, correct, 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 correct. So this is how you trade. This is your style, basically. But yeah. the daily, which would you say is more important, the daily or the 15 and 15? Or the 20-day 15? When you, when you say 20-day, like 20-day, 15-minute chart, meaning... Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Day, yeah, yeah. It, it, I would have to look into that because, like, how I'm thinking about if you're looking at 15-minute support and resistance based off of 20-day, a 20-day period, it still will yeah. probably align with the daily levels because they, they're going to be it, significant to some, some, some point, some point. Kind of is, but, I, but I, I'm just asking because I know a lot of people who are like, gung-ho, daily, daily, this is all I look at, and I know some people who are like 15. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, just I'm more, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, it's, it's a little different for me. I'm definitely daily, daily, because you have to remember, I I trade gaps, and gaps are specific. They're not like, I'm trading a stock that has no gap. So for what I mean by that, let's say Apple just opened up inside of the prior day candle. I'm not trading that. There's no edge to it. But when a stock gaps up, it leaves a space, right? A void. Yeah. The gap yeah. and above or below a level. If it gaps down, yeah. it's leaving a void. So that's why okay. the candles are uh, larger okay. because you've got range to trade within that okay. price. So that's why okay. the 15, 20 day would be irrelevant because I'm trading gaps, yeah. the windows. Okay, so if it gaps above a level and it falls through, you shorten that resistance. But if it holds that level, you 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 find that support. Is it kind of like that? That's about so, as simple as it gets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> that's as simple as it gets. Don't complicate it. You said it right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. You like I, that, I gotta... right? You like that. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. I think a light bulb just went off in his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. No, I'm just I'm trying to figure your strategy, and I know how I'm the captain. I'm just figuring it out. It's That's awesome. Cool. So how, how long did it take you to find that, you know, strategy, right? Everybody's got to find theirs that works. That's Stephen keeps teaching me that Tim Bowen keeps teaching me that. So for you, how long did it take you to bump into that and, and say, Oh, this is it. This is the one for me. Um, probably I would say about a year, a year and a half. I, I, I knew what I was getting into. I'm trying to figure out how to word it in terms of, I was already doing it, but I wasn't sure exactly what I was doing, if that made sense. Yes. Meaning I was kind of playing the strategy because I'm, I'm finding the momentum, but I wasn't really aware of how to perfect it until a, a, probably a year, year and a half after I've been doing the same thing. And what I ended up doing, it had a certain point where it was coming around the fall. I literally... I decided not to trade until the new year, meaning I still showed up to my trading platform, but I did not execute a trade. Wow. What that did was force me to watch how the stocks move. Wow. And you observe and you you look at the times when a stock trends or when it consolidates and then it trends again. 
like I'm just going to speak in present tense. We all know within the last 10 minutes, maybe 10 to 15 minutes, you're going to get some sort of surge in, in like the spy or the ES futures. Have you noticed that yesterday and, and all of last week? You, you sit at the platform the next 30 minutes, the market just either takes off or they dump it real quick. So it's uh-huh. just being observant uh-huh. of what's, what's happening around certain times. Uh, but the, the spy is pretty weird because it, it it generally does it'll make a move in the first hour and then it'll, do, do you follow that kind of action and uh, you must be following the spy to to trade the cap as but the spy will make a move in the first hour and then and then maybe it'll pick a direction and then three hours later it'll pick another direction and it'll reverse because do like, you see that in general as a trend? Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. But it's it's not all the time. Not not every day the market trends. That's another thing you have to understand. There's days when the market's just simply sideways. We call it chop, 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 chop. Uh, like today was a trend day. All the market did was go up. Uh, but, but your strategy is based on what does the SPY do? What does the Gappas do? And if the SPY does this and the Gappas do this, I'm going to do this. No, 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 no. So with, with gaps in particular, I don't have to worry about what the market's doing. That's, that's okay. what makes it beautiful. Because when a okay, stock simple. gaps up or gaps down, is only that stock, right? That stock is being affected regardless. The market could be flying. I'm just giving an example. And yeah, no, the stock had yeah. horrible earnings and they gapped it down yeah, because yeah. the market's going up. That stock is not going to go uh, up. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I get that. So, so you're literally just playing the support and resistance from the gap up. That's the gap it. That's all. That's insane. That's ins- I'm going to talk to you after this podcast. I'm be like, <laughs> just give us this example. Give us that example. Like when when penny stocks are quiet, I just so literally just show that resistance and 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 buy that support on this gap because it's easy to find the way because you're looking at gap scans. You're like, what's up ten percent or eight percent or five percent? What's down eight five percent as well? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I got the strategy. It's cool. It's cool. So, so do you do you find that? you uh when when you talk to other new traders do you think that this style that you have discovered is best for you because of your temperament because of your personality and are there certain let's say new traders that you bump into and you're like they're not going to like this style it's going to be too fill in the blank correct um well One thing to keep in mind, I'm also an educator, meaning I I educate new traders as well when they when they come to me. So based on new traders, I never want to introduce them into the world of day trading, meaning I rather teach them how to swing trade because with swing trading, you have more time on your side. Day trading I don't think it's favorable. I'm just speaking from my opinion yeah. for new traders. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose money the fastest way attempting to day trade if you do not have um, a, a skill in terms of being able to hold a stock for a few days to a few weeks and be successful at that. Mm-hmm. So what makes a new trader think if they're trying to day trade, they're going to be successful within a matter of minutes, 15, one minute, or, you know, until the market closed because they have a shorter time to process the information that's coming in because they don't have the, the experience. So I usually have them develop into a swing trader first, 
right? Learn, learn, find support resistance. Identify chart patterns. Where are the stocks going to break out? What's the technical entry? If it breaks out, where is going to go? How, you know, the trend. So they can hold it for a few days or a few weeks and feel comfortable without having to make a rational or a quick decision based off of a shorter time frame. I'm, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to argue with you on that one. Uh, and I would say Uh-oh. that, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I would just say that it depends on someone's level of dedication and commitment and the natural ability to trade. I like that. Yeah. Because, yeah. because no, but if someone, if someone wants to day trade and the a hundred, hundred percent committed to study, like whatever it is, 10, 12 hours, watch them up every day. I think the more mistakes you make, the faster you learn. But, and if you keep your losses small, then you learn faster. But if you go to a swing trade, uh, if you if you swing in stocks, you'll learn a little bit slower because it, it takes more time to to realize the mistakes. No, not not I don't know about that. Not necessarily. Oh, it's a different style, and, and right? I, but yeah, it's a different I'm, style. I'm just talking from the results I have seen within the people I taught. That's that's really where my 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 thing is coming from. I'm talking about people that are brand new. Mm. And they start off with swing trading and then it's like, okay, I get this. I'm doing good. I want to get my feet wet now. What do you suggest? Mm, I always say, yeah. do you have the 25000 in capital to day trade? No, I don't. No. All right, come yeah. over to the futures market. Then I'm going to show them how to, because you could day trade futures without the PDT rule. It's the yeah. same thing, but it's just a different market. So now because they know how to find support, resistance, they get it. All we're doing now is breaking down the time frames. But it's just yeah, imagine giving somebody a, 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 a smaller time frame to trade off of. I don't know. I don't know how they process that but information. I, so I still think that you'll learn faster. I think you learn faster if you react faster and you learn to keep up with the tempo. But, but Kim, Kim I, I is learning question. tiny stocks. I have Go a on, question on. for you. So with, with that thought, right, someone doing it based off of they just hop right into to trading, day trading. Yeah, yeah. Are they're not being taught or coached by anyone? They just hop into it no, and they no, learn. No, no. Are they being coached though? Like, no, I'm just they have to, to be. No, no, they have, they have to be to, studying okay. like three, like four okay. hours a day minimum study. Yeah, right. That's different because they have yeah, right. Yeah. They have direction from somebody that's already done it. That's not a yeah, problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking yeah, strictly yeah. for those that have no direction, no one to go to, and they just okay. want to. In the water. Yeah, kind of learn as they go. Kind of learn, learn as, as they go. Yeah, so they okay, learn. So I find that way, the learn as you go approach, yeah. is going to take them years. Why? Because yeah. now they're, they only know what they know. And now they're developing poor habits based off of what they know so far. Because all they know is what they know, right? Yeah. And yeah. It, it takes them much, much longer. And then by the time they reach out for help, they already established bad habits and you're like, Oh man, I got to break oh. your mental. I got to reteach you how to train. That's, your right. That's and- right. That's a really good point. I, I didn't even think of that. It's the bad habits that, you know, because I think, look, even probably some of the real beginners before they sign up for any program, sign up to have coaching, to start reading books, they go in because they're curious and they're like, Hey, maybe I can do this. And so I'm hearing what you're saying is for the people who are coming in just to buy themselves into the ocean, you're trying to direct them in a specific way so that they're not. I've, I've, I've seen 
I've, I've been there. I'm only yeah. speaking for experience. Like yeah. I've, I've been in those shoes before where when I funded the account 5k, I developed some bad habits. I don't know how I was able to make money, to be honest with you. Maybe it was the luck of the time. That's during when solar was booming. All those stocks are no longer on exchange, but I got lucky just buying solar. They will move 30, 40% in a week and I'm selling it. I'm like, this is too easy. But in that process, I've also developed, I'll tell you one of my, the trades I would never forget. It was Fannie Mae, late 07. Just because all those solars yeah. went when great it was running. for me. I was the no, when it was, price, when it was the financial taking. crisis. No, this is after, like during the process. So yeah. I'm, I'm like excited because I'm making great money. Like, oh my gosh, this is easy. And then when the whole talk about the markets and you see Fannie Mae, I remember that thing dropped to like 14 bucks. And I'm going to tell you my yeah. level of I did not know. And I thought yeah. that was a good deal. I bought it on a Friday. That Monday morning over the weekend, I will never forget, I'm getting ready to go work, and I turn on CNBC, and they're talking about Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Fannie Mae was yeah. at 7 bucks. I lost half of my money. Oh, my God. Just like that. Uh-huh. Why? Because I thought it was at the bottom, that it couldn't fall no more. Why? Because of my inexperience at that time yeah. and you know, the luck I had before, you know? No, but, but I mean, Kim and Kitten's trying to learn some, some lessons. I think you've touched on some. I mean, Kim and Kitten's like literally new to trade. We're trying to teach her penny stocks, which is the most volatile, crazy, <laughs> unpredictable markets that you can teach, which I can tell by the interview that you already agree with. Um, one, of, one of the lessons, particularly with penny stocks, is that they, there, is, they, there is no argument that they can go too high they can go higher than you can ever think and there's no too low until the company goes bankrupt um but what what advice would you give to kim what do you what do you say just don't trade penny stocks no i I would i would say do as much research and learn and understand them don't Mm -hmm. it's not don't trade them they're extremely lucrative very good to yeah. trade there's a there's a particular strategy to trade them i will never forget the open you buy something the prior day that open the stock would fly the penny stock you sell at the open right for example or one one of the well-known strategies because we all know that eventually they become dumps they're gonna fall so if you can yeah, find yeah. a broker where you can easily get locates to short You'll make a fortune trading penny stocks. Yeah. Be a shorter of penny stocks. Don't buy them. Yeah, Wait till all the hype dies and just short them. You'll make so much no. more. No, and I tell I, I, Tim Bowen, Tim Bowen, who's the the co-host and Tim Sykes, they're all like, go long, go long, go long, because they they think that um, the penny stocks are so volatile because there's so much new volume that's coming to the market, which is true. There's so there's such a wave of new volume. That a lot of shorts, everyone's saying short them, shorts get squeezed. Yeah. But ultimately, if you let the stock go up enough, you wait for that volume to decrease, you wait for that first red day, and the company's junk, you will make a killing. And that's yes. the bottom line. Yes. That's the bottom and I line. I always say back test. Think of mm-hmm. any well known stock that had momentum and go back at that chart. Where is that stock now? And that's enough yeah, yeah, no. penny, penny stocks for you. So while everybody's in that momentum while it's running, just wait patiently. You'll catch a great trade. A great yeah, But don't be on the trade. don't be short on the front side though, eh? Don't be right, short no, on no, the front don't, side. Don't, <laughs> no, don't, don't. <laughs> exactly. 
Don't blow your account trying to hop before it even gives you a signal to short. Don't don't catch the top. There's plenty of there's plenty of room on the bottom. All right. So you were saying you you recommend studying. You recommend. uh, So I'm fascinated by that. Two months off. You took two months off, right? From a November. You didn't trade till the new year. It was October, October, November. I took three months. It was three months months off. And was, was that a commit? Were you specifically doing that because you wanted to? not be distracted by the money and just really kind of like immerse yourself in what was happening. So you could, right, right, right. I I wanted more of a, I wanted more consistency. That's the best word I can um, put it. I didn't want to have where, you know, a week I'm up and then a week I'm messing up. It's like, why? You know, I thought I, I had it. And then once I realized that I'm not as consistent as I want to be, the best way to do is now observe the markets to fine-tune where I was making mistakes. And once that process happened, it, I never looked back. I mm-hmm. never looked back. I know exactly yeah. how to um, effectively maximize the strategy. I know the risk. I know what time I'm going to trade. I know when I'm not going to enter a trade because of the taking the time to actually observe rather than focusing on what I can make that day. So that's what I did for, for three months. It's amazing. That's so cool. Can, can I just jump in and ask you, did you, did you, any, did you track any data on Excels or anything like that, or like price points or percentage gains, or, or was it really just intuition of like, I've seen this before, I've seen that before, and this happens and this and that and that? Um, I would love to work on that one day, is really getting the stats behind of, you know, the type of trades, the type of gaps, I don't have yeah. stats on the type of gaps. That's going to be work, you know. If something gaps out X amount of percentage, what's the most likely is going to do this or do that? I don't have stats like that. Yeah, but so there's no stats, there's no sector. It's no, 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 no. It's it's, it's strictly for me is more so observing how price action. Is it pr- price, price action? action you, yeah, no? price yeah. action and how the market moves. Very yeah. important. What's your setup there? I know Stephen was asking about it when we started. Just for new traders, what would you recommend? That is your you have a pretty fancy you have a pretty fancy little desk there. That one in the middle is huge. I've never seen one so wide. Um, yeah, this so one is elongated. I believe this is twenty three inches or something. Elongated monitor. Um, the other one is a forty nine inch Samsung curve. But this is this is my this is my second setup. Or I should say third. So what I mean by that, when I first started trading, what I'm on right now is my MacBook Pro, the same MacBook Pro from 2012. I only use this. I didn't have no additional screens, nothing. And I'm going to tell you a great secret. The less space you have, meaning the less monitors, the less distracted you're going to be. So mm-hmm. if I only had a space like this, I could only watch most two, two stocks, meaning that's all I'm going to trade for the day. Yeah. And I'm forced to be focused. Mm-hmm. So although I have this, trust me, I'm missing something. I, I'm always missing yeah. something because I'm watching yeah, way I'm too much. Missing stuff. I'm, I'm missing, missing a lot. Stuff. I'm seeing you missing <laughs> stuff. I see it's not distraction. I'm seeing you missing opportunity. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And do you feel uh, that 
the, we, there's a couple of questions I remember you answered about the emotional side of trading. Well, just speak to your kind of, how do you stay calm? Is, is, is your pattern and your style causing you to bump into stress? Or is that part of why you have picked this strategy? Because it keeps you away from stress or tension or doubt. What keeps me away from stress are the rules I develop that that plan um i would never forget is more so when i when i started 2012 it is like i used to feel anxiety going into the market like i'm about to make a first trade and my heart used to race i probably had too much size a thousand two thousand shares who knows i used my heart i used to feel it and nowadays because i approach things so much differently from how i used to approach things Throughout that process, I develop rules, meaning I know based on the amount of shares, what's my stop has to be. I know that I'm only allowed to take no more than four trades a day. If I make money within the first two trades, my third trade, I have to knock off most of my share size, meaning if I'm entering the stock with a 1,000 shares, two trades in a row and they're green, and I got the itch to still trade, my third trade, I'm only going to do 500 shares. Because why give back money when I already made the money? The goal of the market, well, the goal for me is always to be able to pull money out of the market. I don't want the market taking money from me because I'm over trading. So yeah. once I hit four trades or three, sometimes it's only three for the day, wow. I stop. I walk away. That's it. Wow. So those I mean, really bit, bit keep me you know stress-free mm-hmm. stress-free no it's but but i, I have the same I, my, my rules are basically if i take a big position into the market open in the first five to ten minutes because you know penny stocks that's where a lot of the money is and you, you'll short the spike before the wash uh, or you'll, you'll short the balance uh after a wash if it's particularly weak I, the the next rule for me is i will take half size on any other position after that and it's the exact same rules that you have and basically what it does is it eliminates anxiety because you think yes. I'll follow, I'll follow this process over and over and over and over and over and over. I've made money. So the, the responsibility is not the process. It's not down to me. And, and it, because it works so many times, you don't, you don't need to worry about what was right and wrong. You say, well, 80% of the time this works. So I don't need to have stress about my decision. Right. 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 And, and let's say, for example, if I lose two trades in a row, I have to sit back and wait for the third trade. If I lose on the third trade, I call it a day. I don't even take the fourth trade because right. I know at that point in time, I'm not in sync with the market. Something's wrong. And more than likely, it's me. And I'm okay to walk yeah. away. And everything I'm saying is based on experience. Because yeah. in the past, when I didn't walk away and I'm revenge trading, by the time I look at my p I'm down more than I was initially within the first <laughs> two trades. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not thinking logically, and I'm just like mad trying to make up the money. So can I can I can I just <laughs> ask you? I mean, no, we've all been here as traders before, but how long will you fight a stock before you just think, nah, no, this is against me. I'm done. How long will you fight the price action? It, like I'm talking five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour. Um. How long will you be like? I'm right. I know, I've seen this pattern before, and will you argue against the price action? I've, I've, done, I've done it. I've done it. How long? 
it, it, it all depends. It all depends. It all depends. So are we still sitting in the trade? Meaning yeah, like we're in the trade. We're in the trade? Uh, yeah, yeah, we have to put – if. Yeah, if that's the case, we have to pull up another time frame to make sure that maybe it's playing, maybe it's not playing off of a, for example, five minute chart or a fifteen minute chart. Uh, maybe uh, the pattern is really a one hour chart. So if that's the yeah, case, then enough. I know I'm going to be sitting in for a few hours because they're not playing off of that particular time frame yeah. for the pattern. I've been there, Boeing. So you're not, you're not adding <laughs> to losers. You're not, you're not adding to the losers. Or? Oh, never. I don't add yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And that's another thing. Once I have my position and it goes against me, it goes against 10, 20, 30 cents before it even hits my stop. I'm not adding there because there's a possibility I'll get stopped out. But when it reverses and goes down, let's say I'm short, I yeah. add on the down drop. We add, add to the winner. Add to the winner. Add, add to, to the, the winner. winner. Add to the loser. If, it's, if, the winner. It, if it breaks out, now I got confirmation. We're break. I'm adding into that. So we add to never the winner. Never add to losers. Never yeah, add to no. the Golden rule. What, pe- people, like, uh, I had a, last month I had all green days. How do you have all green days? Well, because I take a start on if I'm wrong, I quit. Uh, simple as that. Yes. Simple as that. Yes. Simple yes. as that. Yes, exactly. Uh, add to winners, I don't add to losers. I call losers, I add to winners. Awesome. It's awesome. This is this is great. All right. So so we're gonna wrap up soon. So I'm just curious for people who have full time jobs, Latoya, for people who, you know, now maybe are working remotely and do have some time where they could consider whether they could do this. I'm sure we have people watching who who are, you know, fantasizing about being a, a trader and they're not really sure if they can do it. What would you say are the, the questions they best ask themselves if this is for them? Uh, what are some of the things that you would say, you know, these are, besides study, besides getting really familiar, besides possibly having a coach or, a, uh, you know, a training system that you plug yourself into, uh, anything else that's important for them to think about? Um, so if you have a full-time job, it's very possible, very achievable to actually trade the markets. Just keep in mind, you don't have to be a day trader. There's a swing trading, and there's also another terminology I'm going to throw out there, which is called trend trading, right? Trend trading, you can hold week after week as long as the trend is intact. I can give you numerous examples, but it's all about time frames, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the... Um, excitement when it comes to the market, how people get attracted because of the fast money that day traders are making. So they automatically assume that this is the only way they can make money right now when in actuality, there's other styles of trading, other methods that more benefit somebody that works a nine to five or even a shift. It doesn't matter how you work, where you can buy a stock on a Monday and by Friday be in profit because it it went to your target, that's swing trading. Or you buy a stock the month of June and, excuse me, let's back up the month of April. And then in June, you're up even like $20, $30 a share. That's trend trading because the trend never broke. So just know that there are different opportunities within the the markets outside of day trading. Always remember that. And if you can dedicate um, at least, I say at least 30, 40 minutes a day, even after you come home from work, just dedicate it to studying. That that really helps accelerate the the process because you got to be able to see things and understand and look at the charts and just track the price action 
in order to really get it. Like you, you can't just say, Hey, I'm gonna buy this, but you never attempt to really study or, you know, put, put more time and effort into developing the skill. So that's, that's one important thing is studying the charts. Studying just the charts. Tell, tell me like how you had this little baby and were able to trade. You said you had her bottles on the desk, the trading desk. Uh, so just give us a little bit, a window into that for the. And that's where the mat came in from. Cause, um, uh, a lot of the times I didn't have the desktop. I just had a mat cause I wanted to be mobile just in case I had to bring the computer with me to do whatever it is, change a yeah. diaper or something like that. Yeah. But it, it was challenging, but at the same time, I got used to it. Yeah. Most things, like, when you get used to it, be, no longer becomes that challenge. Mm-hmm. And I really um, cut it off at, at a certain time. So it, it worked well. Both mm-hmm. of my daughters are uh, close in age, 17 months apart. And I had to, I had to do it twice, and just imagine a little toddler running around and a, and a baby. But I kept them within the same room, meaning yeah. I moved my Mac to the living room where one can crawl and do whatever. I kept them entertained. Yeah, that's why it was very important that I stuck to the rules I established. So I'm not in front of the computer all day. And yeah. we, you know, we go did that inform that, that then it sounds like that informed the pattern that you gravitated towards because it facilitate, you knew with that pattern, you'd be able to be with them after 12 noon and, or not be like distracted and then lose. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So Definitely. your lifestyle and your day-to-day experience is part of what informs the strategy that a trader is going to use is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Well, outside that, it's not necessarily mines in particular. Right. You have to think about a lot of traders. A lot of traders understand that that one hour in the market, the open is the most volatile of the market period. And that's, that's where the money's made or lost. <laughs> is within that time frame. So a lot of traders with experience want to take advantage of that first hour. You do it right. You don't have to look at the market again. But then there are some traders, they just become addicted to trading. And that, that forms a bad habit in itself. You just don't know when to stop, you know? How, how, do you, how do you know that you might be addicted? What is it you bump into? What is somebody, what did you notice about yourself that you had to course correct? No, I, I, I'm, I can't say I'm not addicted to trading and I know what you mean, but it's more, yeah, I, I, I could cut it off or I can go on vacation. Like for example, there's traders, they'll go on vacation and they still trade. Mm-hmm. I go on vacation. I, I don't even know what's going on in the market. I don't mm-hmm. care. I leave it alone. The yeah. market is going to be there when I get back. I'm on vacation. I'm relaxing. I'm enjoying. That's what, how I want to live. I don't want to be defined by what the market is doing all the time. Like I can't let it breathe. Yeah. Um, but some traders can't do that. Yeah. That's, that's what I call, that's the addiction. Yeah. Like you can't walk away for a period of time. You're addicted. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Steven, any closing questions or thoughts? No, no, I think your strategy is super solid. I, I think that you've, mo- you've like kind of monetized it to your best advantage and uh, credit credit to you for cracking the, the larger caps. I think it's the harder market. You might say the penny stocks are harder or I, I'm not sure, but I think credit to you for cap- 
for um, Neil and the Higher Caps, and um, and I wish you the best in the future. That's it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Latoya, tell us where people can find you and your your teaching, your educating traders. So tell us all of where we can find you. All right. Well, my social medias, specifically, you can follow Facebook, The Profit Room, T-H-E, Profit Room, The Profit Room. Twitter, same thing, The Profit Room. Instagram, the same thing, The Profit Room. And our YouTube channel where we put out content, The Profit Room as well. That's, that's and beautiful. if you want to email me, my email is latoya yeah. at theprofitroom.com. Perfect. 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 I'm so happy you were here today. Thank you for your inspiring story because just as a woman, I, I found it helped to just see women talking about their stories and their background for me. So I'm personally grateful to you for the guts that it took. I know you maybe don't think it took a lot of guts, but since I'm scared right now, shitless, to be quite you'll honest. Be, you'll be great. You'll be great. I, I think once you make, have you made your first trade yet or are you still in your learning process? No, I'm in the learning process. And I just opened up a, the paper account with the Stocks to Trade uh, Pro platform. So Okay. Once, yeah. once you open or no, once you have your, even it's a simulation trade, once you have a few of them that go your way, it's just going to give you more confidence that you can do it. It's, it's always the first trade is the hardest. But once you get used to a certain uh, protocol, you're going to do extremely well. Okay. I, you can do it. Definitely. So Anybody sweet. can do this. All right. Really? Do you, you think have so? Fingers. You have fingers. Uh, any, you can anybody can. Anybody can, honestly. Uh, you don't know. That's so, with that's will. So. With will. With willpower and determination, anyone can do it. Wow. Yes. It's awesome. Yes. Well, Ty, this was so much fun to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much. Have a good day, everyone. Okay. You too. for now, everybody. That concludes this episode of the Steady Trade Podcast. And as usual, if you have any questions, concerns, or recommendations for us, please check us out at steadytrade.com, where we actually post transcripts of the episode and recap blog posts of the episode. It's a great resource if you're looking to expand your trading and get a more immersive experience from the Steady Trade Podcast.